Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special edition, uh, this bonus segment of Coping with Crisis on Equipped to Be. I am your host, Connie Albers, and I am I'm really excited to be able to introduce you to Erin Smalley. She and her husband, Dr. Greg Smalley, they're marriage experts, so they work with Focus on the Family. They've got quite the quite the ministry going on to families and, in particular, marriages. And I asked her to come on our show today because something was really weighing on me as we're all involved with this crisis and whatever crisis it is that we may be going on, whether it is the COVID crisis or it's a future crisis, when families are all stuck together and they can't go anywhere. I mean, we're, you know, basically we're all on lockdown. What does that look like? What can we do? And how can we navigate this, this season of trying time within our marriage, especially as it relates to, you know, we could get on each other's nerves. As, um, as a woman who's been married for 35 years, I love my husband, but sometimes it's not always wonderful. And, uh, you know, when you're stuck inside the house or you can walk around your perimeter of your yard, what do you do? And that is what Erin Smalley is going to talk with me about today. So please welcome her to the broadcast today. Erin, thank you for joining us. I know you're super busy. You're a mom, you're a wife. Uh, you're probably doing what I'm doing, and that is buckling down the hatches and prepare for everything and deal with all these children. So tell us a yes. little bit about Erin, the mother and the wife. Well, I'm, you say I'm busy. I'm like, well, I'm usually pretty busy, <laughs> but life has come to a dramatic halt for me as it has for many. However, um, I, I have been seeing clients via teletherapy, which isn't a challenge all of it, all in its own <laughs> with the technology, but me as a mom, I have, we have four children. Greg and I will hit 28 years in May and we have a 25 year old daughter who is a nurse, a cardiac ICU nurse at the children's hospital mm. in Denver, a 22 year old daughter who's a senior in nursing school, finishing up right now, a 18 year old son who's a senior in high school and a 12 year old daughter that is in sixth grade. And so suddenly we're having a lot of time together as a family and <laughs> Greg and I are having a lot of time together. You know, I, I know we talked a little bit before we went on, uh, on air and went live. I just listening to you talk about your family and your daughters and your daughter in the healthcare profession. It's a scary time, even though she's a cardiac ICU nurse, there's still germs around and uh, thank you. And I know that you must be praying fervently for her protection as you are everyone serving in the medical community. It's, it's an unknown, it's an unknown and they're at risk quite a bit. Yes. And I, even as she finished her three shifts and she lives in Denver, but wanted to come home, of course, um, you know, like, did you shower? Did you, <laughs> after you left the hospital, 
but the truth is, is I want her to be able to come home and be with us. And I'm just praying that, you know, if she was exposed in the hospital, that if she shows signs, well, we'll quarantine our family. And, you know, I just trust that God will protect her from uh, just that he'll, he'll be with us in that. And I refuse to allow my family to not be together mm. as a result of what my daughter's doing to minister to children who are very, very sick. Yes, even if they have to disinfect before they can come in the house. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> there was another thing you said, Erin. I know that you know you're you write and you speak and you've got several books and I'll, I want to you know you've got the ten things a husband needs from his wife. Grown-up girlfriends, before you plan your wedding, plan your marriage. What? I love that title. (laughs) Uh, Ready to wed and the the wholehearted wife and the crazy little thing called marriage. So I would say by all definitions, you know a few things about being married. Yes. Yes. I woke up this morning, like I said in the intro, thinking about uh, marriages are in trouble in general. We know that Mm -hmm. we're super busy and we really are don't spend a tremendous amount of time with our significant other, the person that, you know, we've pledged our love and and our devotion to. But in the course of normal life, we're busy. And so we see each other for a few minutes in the morning and everybody does their thing and we gather back around in the dinner time. You know, we maybe chat a little bit before bed. But going from that to... 24 seven, you know, now you're trying to work from home and life is slowing down. Finances might be coming a little uncertain Uh, concerns about your children, how much your children are know, how much your children are seeing and how to talk to them about things, how to talk to each other. Uh, We can get stressful. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I get stressful, I can get snippy. Yes. <laughs> or we can withdraw. Do anything sound familiar, you know, when you're dealing yeah. with your clients? <laughs> yeah, I'm smiling as I, it's been fun this week to be on Zoom and seeing into my clients' lives in mm. their homes because I, it's, it's fun because usually they're in my space, in my office, and I get to see into their lives this week, into their homes. And all of the above that you said, I've seen this week as well as experienced in my own home Mm. that, I mean, Greg and I cope very differently Mm -hmm. with stress or crisis and he's much more of an introvert. And so he withdraws a little bit and I pursue because I'm an extrovert. So I want to keep talking about it and talk about what's going on and how our kids are doing and how we're doing. And we also, you know, we're trying to cook a little bit more together this week. We committed before all this even happened that we were going to stay home and eat meals at home for three weeks was our goal. And so we've been trying to help each other in the kitchen. And yes, many opportunities to get annoyed with each other as I do things my way, he does things his way. And often we don't mesh those things together. And we don't have to because we're doing them at separate times. Mm-hmm. And so it, there has been plenty of opportunity to be irritable and annoyed. But what I love is that somehow, some way in those, those difficulties, there's also those moments and the opportunities to connect. And there's more of them than usual because we're here, we're home, and usually we're not. So there's definitely an opportunity to see those moments, um, the difficulties and the, the, the positive interactions, the soft, sensitive interactions, tender interactions as opportunities to connect. Oh, boy, you just said so many things. Let's see, where shall we start? <laughs> I, you know, let's, let's just start with what, 
you know, what are you seeing and hearing with some of the clients that you're still working with uh, and, and helping and, and coaching? What are you seeing and hearing? And what, what nuggets, what tidbits, what practical tips are you helping them think through? Yeah, I heard a lot this week about feelings of helpless, feeling helpless and out of control. Mm. And I know I have felt those things this week, anxiety, um, stress over finances. And, you know, some of these couples that I, I work with, they're already stressed with each other in their relationship. Maybe they're not in the greatest season mm-hmm. in their relationship. Most, most couples who come to see me, I always smile because I'm like, you don't come here because things are going great. <laughs> you come here because something needs to be adjusted. And so I'm so grateful that these clients have, they've, they've a, chosen to come in and talk to someone because it's real easy to just stay with status quo. And, you know, say, oh, it's good enough. You know, we're going to get through it. But I always say when you're married, why not pursue something that you both love, something that works for both of you? And so sometimes that means going in and taking the risk of talking to someone about how do we how do we fix this? How do we strengthen this area? Where, where are the growth areas in our relationship? And so as couples have talked this week about, you know, feeling helpless, out of control, I've really tried to help them to see, you know, to feel that feeling. Absolutely. But then to think through what is it that I really do have control of? I'm, you know what, I'm taking notes here. And so just give me a second as I write down what you said. <laughs> you know what the funny thing, Connie, last night we were watching Frozen 2 because Disney released that uh-huh. because everybody's at home and Olaf talks about he had, he had some, I can't remember what it was, but somebody, one of the little characters were putting something on all over his face. And he said, <laughs> this is dealing with out of control feelings by choosing how to be in control. <laughs> oh, I, I remember like, that, that scene. It's a brilliant line. I need to write that down. <laughs> you could probably use that. I think people will have watched Frozen 2 quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who would have known that Olaf had quality, um, therapy advice. I will say, I mean, here we digress to Disney movies, but I will say I like his perspective on so many things. It's, you know, he just kind of rolls with what comes next. And in your profession, as you are working with uh, couples that might be struggle struggling, what, what do you say to the parent, to the mom and the dad or the husband and wife that are like you and Greg, you know, that one's an introvert, one's an extrovert, one handles a crisis differently, one copes differently. What, what specifically do you try to get them to, to do uh, as they're working through trying to not be short fused with each other or yeah. Ill, impatient yeah. or, or rude even to not even be yeah. rude and give each other the silent treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, because so often we see those differences as the problem, you know, we're so different. Therefore it's a problem. And just this morning I was working with a couple and they did their Myers-Briggs assessment and there's four letters that come with the Myers-Briggs and they had opposite on every single one. And it was a great opportunity to tell them, you know, that's not a bad thing. That means within your marriage, you see all four different ways that these different personalities see the world. You see all the opportunities, all the combinations within the two of you. And so it's looking at that these differences are never the problem. 
the differences are an opportunity to, to figure out how do we manage these in a way that feels good to both of us and seeing them as a positive. And I'm, I'm guessing that most couples in this time of being uh, practicing social distance are experiencing and bumping up against those differences. And I was smiling as you were talking about Olaf's personality, that <laughs> that can really be helpful in this day and age and that, you know, just giving each other some grace mm-hmm. in those moments when the differences pop up and the irritations pop up. Well, maybe it's just taking a step back, breathing. And if, if it's a full blown, maybe you need to, you know, walk into the other room, put yourself in a timeout in essence and really figure out what's going on for me. Why does that annoy me? Why, when he just said that or did that, why it's different than what I would do, but why is that annoying me and really getting clear on what's going on for you, but then walking yourself through just some, you know, breathing and, and, you know, really asking God what's true about me, about my spouse, and then walking back in and deciding who do I want to be? You know, most of us want to be kind, loving individuals And it always doesn't go that way because oftentimes we're triggered or we're annoyed and then we show up in ways that we regret. And especially right now, it's critical if we blow it, if we do have a moment where we say something or do something that we regret, own it Mm. and just go back and tell your spouse, gosh, I'm so sorry. That is not who I want to be. Often I'll tell my couples, you know, we want to show up in our A game, but sometimes we show up in our B game. So why not? When you acknowledge, when you see, and that was my B game, I want to give myself my best, go to them and say, that wasn't my best. I want to give you more than that. Will you forgive me for what I just said or what I did? And that takes humility. But you know what? The great news is we can get that from the source and ask him to help us, give us the strength to do things like that. You know, I'm sure you probably really work and focus on all of your clients that, apart from God, our marriages really can't be because we're selfish. We're, mm-hmm. we're not always gracious. We're not always wanting to look out for our better half. We're not always wanting to be humble. You know, some, we can be full of pride and depending on your personality, you can think you're right and therefore you're wrong, the other person's wrong. Or you could go into the, I just need to fix them. I just, yeah. I just need to fix their project. Yeah. When, and that goes well. <laughs> yeah. My husband loves it when I do that. <laughs> yeah. He warms his heart. <laughs> he says, please tell me some more of how I'm broken. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell me more how I can change. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, when I'm talking to parents about their children and I, I'm trying to get them to realize their children aren't projects to be fixed, that they're people yeah. to be listened to and understood. When I, when I think about that, it relates to our our, our spouses as well. They don't, yeah. they don't want to be fixed. They want to be loved for yeah. who they are. They want to be respected yeah. for who they are. They know they have problems. They wake up every morning and they look in the mirror and there aren't mm-hmm. the majority of the majority of people don't look in the mirror and think I am all that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's- so, you know, it's true what you said, you know, we, we just, we can't do it without the Lord, but with the Lord, we can do all things. We, we yes. can be humble. We can be grace-filled. We can even look at our spouses as 
the beauty of their difference complementing us and our weaknesses. And I had to appreciate the Myers-Briggs. I'm an assessment (laughs) guru. I I just am. I am a strengths master coach and I Uh I love that. But I think we can be, we have to be careful. We don't label ourselves and then say, well, oh, I'm just a a this or that because that limits the Lord. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Yes. Yeah. That it's, you know, and it's, in those moments when we want to put a label on our spouse or a label on ourselves, or, you know, we want to see our spouse in a negative light or, you know, we don't even want to, we just do it. Mm -hmm. That it's, there's always the opportunity just to step back and go, Lord, help me see them the way you see them. Mm. Help me see myself the way you see me. Because when you look at scripture, Connie, it's just loaded with, with messages to us about our value and about, you know, we're his masterpiece. We're created in his image for a purpose. And so it's looking at, you know, I can't do that in on my own. And when I have done something that I feel horribly about, or I feel conviction about, especially mm-hmm. treating my kids or my husband in a way that that's not who I've never met someone who goes, yeah, I feel really good <laughs> about how I just treated my spouse if I was horrible to them. Maybe. I mean, there's those limited cases, but you know, it's, it's most of the time we're beating ourselves up even more. Yeah. So it's such an opportunity to turn to the Lord and just say, help me here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not pleased with myself or with my spouse and just give me eyes to see what's true about me, about them and about this situation. You said two things that I absolutely loved. One, you're like, give me eyes to see. And it reminded me that we need to see through the lens of our spouse. Mm, that's powerful. If we see through their lens, then we will have greater insight into what they're thinking or how they're feeling or why they're reacting. I know my husband is under enormous pressure and stress right now. He's got, uh, we live in central Florida and central Florida, like many big cities, we're facing some difficult times. and, And I know he feels the weight of that. And I could very easily walk in and just make a little, you know, off the cuff comment and it doesn't show him respect and it doesn't show him compassion the way I know that he needs it. So what do you say from, for wives? Let's just specifically talk to wives right now. I know, I think we both have similar husbands. I have an introverted husband. He uh, left brain and I'm, you know, an extroverted. I really do get my energy from people. Yes. How do you, let's talk to the wife for a minute and tell, let's, let's give her a couple points. Cause I know you wrote the, in your book, 10 things a husband needs from his wife. Give us a couple of like your, your absolute, they really need this from you, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting. One of the biggest things that they long for is our affirmation. And, you know, often I would think, you know, well, Greg interacts with so many people throughout the day. I'm sure he's getting affirmed at some place, but it doesn't. The truth is men don't affirm each other. He has male friends. They don't affirm each other like we (laughs) do as women. And so it's just looking that even if they do hear it Mm -hmm. from others, they want to hear it most of all from you as the wife. And so I I read this research study that showed that that's the number one thing men long for is just to hear that they've, they've got what it takes that they, their wife likes them. And instead of telling them about all the things they didn't do or what we don't like really being intentional about, this is what I do like Mm -hmm. and what I see in you. And so I, I, the research shows that just once a day, 
of affirming your husband can can really, really take your marriage to a, a, a high level. And so I really have focused on that of once a day just saying, you know what, I see you. I see that you are working so hard. Mm-hmm. Even since we've been home this week, and I need to tell him this even as I'm talking, that I he's he's worked so hard to care for our team at Focus mm-hmm. and to continue to be connected to Focus as we're away for two weeks that it really is a commitment. And he's doing it and he's taking care of our kids and um, just just really impressive. So encourage women, definitely affirm your husband as well as what you were talking about, Connie, is you're saying, you know, that we can we have the opportunity to feel compassion Mm -hmm. towards our spouse, putting ourselves in their shoes, which is really empathy. And so when your spouse is doing something and you're you're looking at him like, why in the world would he be doing that? I don't understand. Why did he say that? You know, it's putting your sh- yourself into his shoes and having empathy for what would that be like? What is this week like for him as the financial provider? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it's not that, but my, my husband definitely makes more money than I do. So I know there's stress there mm-hmm. um, trying to maintain things away from the office. What is that like? Or maybe you have a spouse that and I know I, I know someone who has a spouse that's a hospital administrator right now. Imagine oh the stress there or a sheriff deputy or, you know, working with the CDC. I don't know. There's all these things, a fireman, you know, an EMT. There's there's these these places that are not getting a break. And even a small business owner, imagine what they're facing this week. And if you're married to someone that's dealing with the extraneous stress right now, it's an opportunity to really step in and go, I wonder what that's like. I wonder what he's feeling. And you can even ask, help me understand. I love those three words. Help me understand because it's a, it's a stance of humility that I don't know what's going on for you. I know what's going on for me. And often we want to assume it's the same for them, but it's not. I always say 99.9% of the time, um, when I have two people sitting on my couch, there's going to be two different feelings about it and two different experiences about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to your spouse and going, tell me, help me understand what this week has been like for you. Have you and go ahead. Have you found when you're working with your, well, with you and Gear, and Greg, have you yes. found that when one, when you ask that great phrase, help me understand, if one is reluctant to say you're just not going to understand. Is it because yeah. that is that an indicator that there might be something wrong with your communication or you're you're not really believable? <laughs> well, this is, yeah. This is what I would say Connie is that that tells me that they may not feel super safe mm. to put out put out their heart to say this is what I'm feeling. Maybe in the past there's been a critical spirit or they've been met with you know, resistance that, no, 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 that's not it. So it's, it's recognizing as a wife, I only can control me. Mm. I can't control what he does, but I have great influence throughout the Bible. There are women of influence and you can use your influence for good, or you can use your influence to harm. Mm -hmm. And so it's looking at, if he's not telling me, not wanting to tell me what's going on, telling me I'm not going to understand, then maybe I haven't shown up in the most safe ways. Mm. And it's never too late to start trying to to really show up, what would I be doing that would cause him to feel safe? You can ask him because even asking that question is probably going to help him feel safe, knowing that you are even interested in what would I be doing to help you feel safe to tell me? Or even saying things like, you know what, I just want you to know I'm here. 
All I want to do is listen. And so when you're ready, just let me know because I really do care. And I do want to hear what's going on for you. Maybe in the past I've blown it, be game. And I really want to try again. Would you allow me to try again? I like that. Help me understand. Would you allow me to, to try again? Uh, I I just had to write those down. I think that those are, I think those are noteworthy. I think those are the the sticky notes in the bathroom or in the closet, wherever you hide to get away. (laughs) Yeah, I'm writing them down too, Connie. (laughs) Oh, okay. So you said after, I mean, we have to, right? I mean, I've been married 35 years and, and there's, I'm still working at it because we change as we mature, as our children grow, the needs of the family grow, our health, you know, ebbs and flows. I, I'm yes. constantly working on it. And I think that parent, I think women need to know that and, and all married yes. couples need to know that. All right. So you said affirmation, show empathy. Give me one more that your husband just really needs from you. Um, I would say um, that he, my husband says, this is a big one. Okay. And he says that it's to know that you, I know you love me, but I want to know that you like me. And, and really what that is, is that we're still friends that we can have fun together. And it's not all this serious talk or administrating our marriage to death or finances or conflict, or it's all about the kids that genuinely, when we take all of that away, that you still like me Mm. as a person. And something that men long to know that their wives genuinely like them and want to be their friend. And what an opportunity we have over these weeks Mm -hmm. of being at home. I know for me, it's easy to get um, swooned into, you know, my daughter's homeschooling and my my big girls are home. So, you know, they're, they become more like friends. And, um, so it's, it's easy to be become preoccupied with all that other stuff. And what would it look like even for me to say, Hey, I missed you some time with you. Can we, you know, play a card game? Can we watch a movie together in bed? Could we, um, just have, it's interesting because they, the research shows that even spending 10 minutes a day, just talking at that deep heart level, mm-hmm. um, can really have an impact on your marriage. So can we have, I, I call them heart talks. Can we have a heart talk? Just 10 minutes. I think if I said, could we have a heart talk? My husband would be, he would sink right there. He's like, oh no, she's going into one of those deep talks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, I, we as women love to talk about our feelings <laughs> and our emotion. And so often what I'll do is, and sometimes you just got to sneak it in. Um, I'll ask him, you know, what was the high of your day and what was the low of your day? Mm. Because that tells me instead of, using, you know, the deep emotional feely words, it's just telling me what was, what was great about your day and what stressed you out the most. And that gives me a good temperature of where he's at. Oh, I like this. This is so good. Um, I, I want to be, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, let's talk about when, you know, because we are stuck together and I think, well, we have 24 hours to have a 10 minute hard talk. (laughs) (laughs) I know more 10 minute conversations than we ever thought. (laughs) But I'm just so grateful that you were able to carve this time out. Uh, Obviously, I would love to have you back on the program and we could talk about your book, Grown Up Girlfriends. I, I think girlfriends, boy, do they fill such a need in a woman's life where yes. it's a different place than a, than a husband fills. Yes. 
um, I would love to have you back on the program to talk about that, but let me wrap this up and kind of summarize some of the things that you and I got to chance to talk about for our listeners. And, and, and to, I, I loved your statement, why not pursue something that's better? Why not? I mean, we, yeah. we have the time yeah. and to create a team like mindset where we, you know, you yeah. really are in this together. And unfortunately right yeah. now you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah except for, to for the, sure. maybe the end of your driveway, but yeah, to the mailbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. The mail might not be right. I know, right? <laughs> but I love that you said, Aaron, differences aren't the problem. I thought that was so good. So listeners, you know, stop folding laundry, type it in your notes pad uh, on your phone so you can remember your differences aren't designed to be your problem. And they're actually, as Aaron made a comment, look for ways how you can manage those differences and actually use those to become strengths together. You know, it just makes you stronger as a couple. Mm. You mentioned giving grace and how all of this requires humility, I think those are some wise points that you unpacked for us, and you kind of concluded it with these three main points, uh, especially as it relates to wives loving their husbands. And I, I would probably say it goes both ways because my primary love language is words of affirmation, and that's my mm. husband's hardest thing to do. He'd rather yeah. like cut the lawn or wash my car. <laughs> you know, it's it's just the way that it is, and it doesn't mean that he's not trying. He is trying. But you made these three points that I, I would like to kind of wrap up our segment with, and that is affirmation. Your husbands need affirmation. If you can look for little ways, not not frivolous, but I mean real, real ways that you can acknowledge at his core that you affirm who he is as a man, what he's doing in the family, how he's how he's sacrificing or how he's how he loves you or how he's working so hard. Something that would strike a chord with him and and you know your husband. Your husband's going to be different from uh, Aaron's husband or my husband. Aaron, you said show empathy. You know, help mm-hmm. me understand. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just mm-hmm. not all knowing no matter how long we've been married, a year or 5 or 10 or 20 or however long we're still learning about our, our husbands. And then the other thing was, um, do you like me? Our husbands want to know, do we still like them? Are they still that fun loving guy? We used to get dressed up for, for those hot dates. Are they still the man we couldn't wait to get married to and spend our life with? They still want to know that you like them, not just because they pay the bills or they work hard or they keep your yard or they, and do all the other things that we really don't pay much attention to. Those does that kind of summarize, Aaron, for you that you, you know what our conversation about helping families cope with this crisis as it relates to marriage. Is there other anything else you would like to add that you just think this will really help marriages in this time of crisis? Yeah, it is. Um, I love everything you said. I'm like, wow, that's some good stuff. Again, take a note. Good, you said it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, when you, you talked about that our husbands want to know we like them, largely that the way guys really connect is through doing things together. And so one way that you can show him that you genuinely like him is to do something with him. And that is watching a show that he likes. That's going for a walk. That's, you know, playing a game that he likes or that's even being intimate. 
And so it's, there's many opportunities to really genuinely show him that I, I still like you. And, you know, what a great time right now. We have a little extra time on our hands just to set aside something else that we would prefer to do. I mean, I know as women, I, I'm sure you're all like me and looking around going, oh my word, there's so many things I need to clean out, so many opportunities here to do these things. But, you know, maybe it's okay to set, set aside some of that stuff. In, in instead pursuing your husband. Mm. And if you are struggling with your relationship with your husband, because even there's couples that are stuck inside now and they've been in crisis and they're like, oh, great, here we are. You know, you can always call Focus on the Family has a, hel- uh, a helpline. It's 1-800-A-FAMILY, F-A-M-I-L-Y. And you can request one free session with a licensed Christian counselor who will help you come up with a game plan of how, what do we need to do first? And they can also connect you with a therapist in your area that maybe right now is a great time to start some, some therapy. And if you start it doing teletherapy, just getting your initial stuff in and, you know, really making the decision of it's time for us to do something different. We've been doing the same thing. We're disconnected or in crisis and let's do something about it. Let's not just sit around and wait for it to get better. Let's be intentional and fight for our marriage and do something different because ultimately we do have little eyes watching us. If Mm. you have kids, you are teaching them what it means to be married by how you're showing up in your marriage. And again, you can't control what your spouse does, but you certainly can control what you do. And so I know for me, I want to model well for my kids, what that means and what that looks like. And of course we could go a whole segment on just just different verses in scripture that would equip you and I as as wives to die to self, to esteem others as more highly than ourselves, to love our husbands, to to be the wife that God wants us to be. I would I mean, Aaron, you're just gonna have to come back for multiple shows. I think we just have too I much to talk about. It. I think um, I just made a new friend. I think I did too. I made a new friend right now, Connie. <laughs> I just appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you do. Of course I really am grateful for the work that Focus on the Family does to strengthen families so that they can be all that God has made them to be. And then that becomes a light for a very dark world who's seeking hope and truth. And your marriage could be a point of light and difference. So we have to work on that. That's another reason why to use this time, even though it's a crisis time, you do have the time. You're not running in 50 different directions. It's all going to be okay. You'll face another crisis along the way, a death or financial shortfall, or maybe a, a medical diagnosis that you wish you wouldn't have had. Crisis and trials are always going to come our way. But I can assure you of this, God is not going to leave you hanging. COVID didn't sneak up on him. It's like, whoa, this just happened. I better check it out. No, these are common problems. No, I didn't. I was not alive back in 1918. And so I did not experience the Spanish flu. I've never lived through a pandemic, but I do know somebody who has. And Aaron, maybe we'll come back and we'll pick this conversation up once we get through this season of crisis and talk yeah. some more practical tips on just daily living. And, you know, pretty soon we're all going to resume our crazy lives. And then we're going to be thinking about, hmm, what did I accomplish in the season that I had to be able to cultivate and develop rich relationships within my family? Mm-hmm. 
Mm, I love it. I love it. I'd love to come back, Connie. Thank All right. you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. Listeners, go check out Focus on the Family. Uh, again, I just want to remind you of Aaron and her husband's books, Greg Smalley, uh, 10 Things a Husband Needs from His Wife. She's the co-author of Growing Up Girlfriends, Before You Plan Your Wedding, Plan Your Marriage, Ready to Wed, the wholehearted wife and crazy little thing called marriage. So check out her work and make sure you visit uh, what she's done. She's written for, uh, well, you've written for a lot of things. You've written for Home Life. You've written for uh, different magazines. So you you just Google Erin Smalley and you will find a plethora of information that she will be able to help you with. So thank you for being on the program. And that wraps up this segment of Equipped to Be bonus section of Coping with Crisis. Mm, thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.